Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is brought to you by L&M Marine. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Man, what a gorgeous, gorgeous day in Alabama today. I think uh, when I was in my car a while ago, looked down, it was 72 degrees. And I'm thinking, man, I mean, this is January. Well, guys, what's going on here? And, and not sure what it is, but I kind of like it every now and then. Uh, not ready for summertime quite yet, but, but man, 72 is nice. And had a lot of rain lately. Uh, so I know that uh, the lakes are, are probably – Maybe a little bit muddy, uh, maybe some good good flow, though. So, man, I, I can't wait to get the podcast started today and uh, find out what the fish are doing around the state. And first segment today, I'm pretty fired up. I've been wanting to get this guy on for a while. He's one of these young up-and-comers, and, and man, I know he's going to do great things. Right now, he is a senior at Hewitt Trustful. Uh, welcome to the show, Andrew Jones. What's going on, Andrew? Nothing much. Just enjoying the weather for sure. Ain't no doubt about that. So, like I said, you're a senior right now, but next year, you're, what's your plans for next year? I'm going to go down to uh, Southern Union for a semester or a year, and then uh, I'm going to tra- fish down there, and uh, I'm going to transfer to Auburn and fish on their team as well. That's awesome, man. That's uh, War Eagle. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you making that decision. You're a smart young man going to Auburn. That's the right decision at the gate. That's right. That's right. Well, Andrew, I know that, uh, man, sounded like you had a really good weekend this past weekend, and uh, I believe you won a tournament, didn't you? Yes, sir. We had a uh, high school tournament on Jordan, and we ended up uh, taking the win in that tournament, in the Alabama Bass Federation tournament. That's awesome, man. You know, these high school events like that, I mean, how many boats are you looking at? Typically, the Alabama Bass Federation side, they, they draw about 60, 65 boats, but this was the state tournament for the Alabama Bass Federation and they uh they had close to 80 i believe man that's awesome i was really looking forward to having you on here because you know we have 
of course, we have guys all the time from from the Tennessee River chain and, uh, you know, down to West Point, Lake Eufaula. And, and then we talk about Logan and, and Lay and Lake Martin a good bit. But we, we don't have very many reports from from Jordan. And, and I think Jordan is one of those lakes that, man, I, I don't know if overlooks the right word, maybe under talked about because it's a heck of a good fishery. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So how many pounds y'all end up with? Uh, we had fourteen forty, and we uh, we had a four and a quarter spot. We got big fish for that as well. That's awesome, man. Well, tell me about the day, man. What were the fish? You know, what are the fish doing right now? First of all, I mean, how are you approaching the Coosa? And you know, specifically, I I, I want to hear about your day and and you guys winning the tournament there, and and kind of how you found fish. You know, what you were using, kind of all that kind of stuff. Uh, we started in a little creek this, uh, that morning, uh, a little deep wall, to, uh, just to see if there was fish on it and whatever. We were throwing crankbaits and uh, dragging a jig on it, and uh, we had a we had a lot of bites there. Just they were just short striking it, and uh, then we moved over to a little little shallower bank, and uh, we were cranking it and flipping a jig, and then uh, we caught one, and it had like down skillet. So we were like, maybe we need to fish these shallower banks, and then we uh, about eight thirty or so we started going further up the river and hitting a few cranking holes and uh we caught one or two off those but then it, it just like died and then about 9 30 we started pitching those up river walls the shallower ones that had like transitions on them we were flipping a jig and uh it was just about every other tree rock something that stuck off the bank it was just like crazy we caught like 20 25 flipping a jig up the river Oh, wow, man. That's fun. And so when you're flipping, you know, I always in my mind, I grew up fishing, you know, an area that on the Tom Baby and Black Warrior, we had tons of grass. So when I think of flipping, I'm always thinking, you know, flipping grass mats and, and things like that. But first of all, is I've never fished Jordan. Is there a lot of grass in Jordan? No, there's there's tons of it. It's probably one of the bigger grass lakes on the coast. I thought there was. I thought I remembered that right. But when what y'all are what y'all were flipping, y'all were actually flipping like laydowns, rocks, yeah. things like that. Yes, yeah, sir. We were flipping them the bluff walls and stuff. Any tree on a steep bluff wall or a shallow bluff wall, something that had current like hitting it. It couldn't be like an eddy or nothing like that. It had like current had to be hitting it, and it was just about every tree, rock, something that stuck off the bank. So, like I said, you know, kind of an intro there, we've, we've had a good bit of rain and I know that we've, we've probably got a little bit better current right now than we've had in a minute. Uh, so when you look at that and you see that, and, and, and you see that there's, you know, they're, they get, they're running a lot of water and, and you got a lot of current. How do you change your approach to when they're not running as much water? When they're running a whole lot of water, I try to stay on the river as much as possible until the fish, until the fish tell me not to. But uh, when they're running, when they're not really running water, you can catch them better in the creeks because the river fish, they, they only set up right when the current's hitting them. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that. I think that's a pretty common thing, no matter, no matter where you are, if you're on the, you know, up on the other lakes around the state. I mean, that, that current is so important. But I, I think that's a really good point that you just made, though, is when you do have current, yes, that turns the fish on, but, you know concentrate on that river channel at that time and and then when that, when they slow it down then you can go back up into the creeks and stuff so that that current turns the fish on it sets them up right to be able to catch them but uh you got to be where the current is and that's in the the river system right yes sir 
Yeah. So you, when you guys were, were flipping, does any color seem to matter more? You know, how concerned are you with color? Typically, I flip, I have two jigs on the deck when I'm flipping up the river. It's either green pumpkin of some sort, either PB&J or green pumpkin chartreuse or uh, black and blue. That's the two jigs I just flipped. And right. that day, it didn't matter. You could have thrown a purple jig and you probably would have caught one. That's awesome, man. So as we, you know, as the we, we start to get later or early in the year, I guess, but, you know, we're getting closer to spring. Do you kind of, you know, they're not spawn. I mean, are they even, would you even consider them pre-spawn right now? Is it too early to talk about that? Mm, I, I don't know. I, I think they're, I think they're on the river. I think that. They're just getting in the river right now, feeding up. I don't, I don't think they're pre-spawn. I really, I really don't think fish pre-spawn until February, mid-February. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Probably more mid-February. Yeah, but it's interesting that y'all were catching the fish, you know, so shallow. You know, I, don't, I know a lot of times we think of, which I mean, you can catch fish when it's right and the conditions are right. I mean, certain fish are shallow a good part of the year. It's never a bad option. But, you know, a lot of times when the water temperature is still low like it is right now, we kind of kind of think about fish being deeper sometimes. Yes. But I've heard more this year, Andrew, probably than ever uh, or than a long time. It seems like that the, the shallow bite has been on all through the winter, probably a little bit better, according to a lot of people I've talked to, than, than deep water bite. Yes, sir. We, uh, this, this fall, the, the shallow bite has been incredible. Like all all this winter, all this fall, it's been just incredible. Like the past couple of years, it's been really, really tough to get a bite on the bank. But this year, it's been pretty good. That's awesome, man. So have you fished the uh, – what other lakes have you fished on the coast lately? You fished uh, Lay or Logan lately? I fished Logan two Sundays ago and Lay last Sunday. And like, how was Lay? Uh, it was tough. Caught. only had like 10 or 12 bites, but we had close to 14 pounds. Yeah, it's um. You fish all those lakes. It sounds like, and I mean, you know, you're right here local to them. Where does Jordan rank for you? The top two for sure. It's between Lay and Jordan. It sounds like Jordan was good to you the other day, man. That's for sure. So congrats yeah. to you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So how many people do y'all have on your fishing team at Hewitt Trussell? There's about thirty or so anglers on the on the team, and uh, most of them are in the junior division. So. Uh, Hewitt Trussell is going to be good for a long time. That's great, man. That's awesome to see it grow like it's grown, and it has blown up. Probably since you started, it's gotten even bigger. Yeah, it's gotten really big. Yeah, that's a good. That's good to see, man. The fishing, the fishing uh, world in Alabama is alive and well. There's no doubt about that. Well, Andrew, man, I appreciate your time, and uh, again, congrats on the win last week. And and I'm looking forward to to seeing good things out of you, not just the rest of this high school season, but uh, as you transfer and you know fishing for college as well. Uh, and I know you'll do good, but Hey, if somebody, if you're going to give a tip of the day to somebody, uh, that's going to fish the Coosa this weekend, whether it be, you know, maybe a slave, maybe it's Jordan, uh, what would your tip of the day be? Stay on the river. It's going to be, uh, colder this weekend. I would stay on the river and throw a crankbait a lot. Uh, just rotate between shallower and deep banks just to see. And then when you get a bite, you just keep running that kind of bank and then you should be. You should be on a pattern. These when you when you get a bite this time of year, you can usually pattern pretty well. That's awesome, man. Hey, that's a really good tip, Andrew. I appreciate it, buddy. Well, hey, man, I'll, I'm yeah. gonna be following you, 
I uh, let's get you back on here again before too long, and I appreciate your time, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, man. We'll talk to you later on. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. And brought to you by Mallard Bay Out, Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has produced the best engineered and finest quality feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. The Texas Hunter brand has become synonymous with quality and durability. By sticking to premier standards, the company delivers tough, long-lasting products that meet the real-life needs of anglers and hunters across America. Their fish feeders, deer feeders, hunting blinds, and outdoor accessories are among the highest rated in the industry. You can trust that your purchase from Texas Hunter Products will meet your needs for generations to come. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Man, I love having these high school guys on here. And Andrew Jones is one of these guys. If you if you follow him or you've you you know you you see the results of a lot of these high school tournaments, his name's always up at the top. So I know he's going to do great things when he uh, finishes his high school and goes on to college and fishes for Auburn. So I'm looking forward to following Andrew through that. But, man, I am super excited about this next guest. Uh, I have been looking for that crappie master guy on the Coosa and Tallapoosa for a long time. It's easy to go out there and find these bass guys. But uh, crappie guys are a little harder to find. But I, I have found the man. Welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Cagle. What's going on, Eric? Hey, man, not a whole lot. I, I appreciate you having me on. Man, I, I'm looking forward to having you on. I really am. I mean, you you, uh, you crappie fishing close to close to the house here for me. So, uh, man, I got Lay and, and Jordan not too far down the road. So I've been looking forward to having a crappie guy uh, from the area on here. So maybe I, maybe I can learn how to catch one. <laughs> I'm uh, from the, the same great state you're from. I've been, been here my whole life, and, and that's, that's about, I, I guess, from about – 12 years old I, I i put the bass rods down and and all i wanted to chase was those was those crappies so that's uh, you 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 got the uh, a crappy guy i don't know which way you need to take that but that's me <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome man good stuff well man let's let's i know you got on lake martin on jordan and mitchell that's the three predominant places you go right yes sir i i'm i got on like you said martin jordan and mitchell and 
you know, I'll take a few trips a year at, uh, down to Eufaula, Alabama there. And, and I do do a couple of trips on the river here, um, the Alabama river, but I'm an Alabama guide and, and I'm from here and I live here, but I got in Alabama from November pretty much through May every year. And, uh, I go over to Grenada, Mississippi. I got a camp over there Ooh, for the last four years. I, I got over there June, July, and August. So, you know, Tim at Grenada. Howell. Yeah. Yeah. I know Tim. I know all those guys over yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, great guy, man. Yeah. Me and him were fishing together up at Pitwick not long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Tim's a, Tim's a, a good guy. Tim's old, Tim's old law enforcement guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he used to be a, a DEA guy, I think, but yeah, Tim, Tim's good, good people, man. He is. Yeah. A lot, they, lot, lot of good folks over there around Grenada. There sure is a lot of good people and a lot of big fish on that lake. That's for sure. That's yeah, right. I, no I, I, I was talking to, and, and, and I've said this on the show before, but just for your information, I was talking to the state biologists and they had reached out to the biologists over in Grenada to see what they were doing right, uh, because their fish are so big, right? And uh, they did a study on the lakes here in Alabama on, on a couple. I'm not sure exactly which ones they were, but I know they looked at how long it took a bass to get to be 12 inches in Alabama and how long it took them in Grenada. And in Grenada, it took two years for a crappie to reach 12 inches, and it took four to five years in Alabama. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that for years. And, you know, to be honest with you, no, nobody knows. Uh, there's no – they've done all kind of they, – they've pretty much done every every experiment you can do to try to figure that out. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, if you talk to any, any of those biologists over there, most of them – and we've talked to several of them – but most of them have kind of come to the conclusion that it's kind of the perfect storm over there in some of those Mississippi lakes. It's, the soil has a lot to do with it. Yep. Also, those lakes over there at Winter Pool, like let's just take Grenada Lake, for instance. At Winter Pool, they let Grenada Lake down 25, 30 feet sometimes. So it's, it's called the new lake effect. And when they let those lakes down in the winter there, all that vegetation and stuff starts growing on the banks there. And then, you know, when they when they let it back up in the spring or when the rain fills it back up in the spring, it's kind of like every year they have the new lake effect. So, you know, that puts nutrients and, and oh, oxygen yeah. in, in that water. But, you know, the, the, the water is just richer over there. It's just richer soil. You know, those are runoff flood control lakes and that, well, I mean, that's what those lakes are for they they don't really you know they don't really care about those fish over there i mean mm-hmm. and i say that i mean the city of grenada does but the corps of engineers who who runs those lakes they, they don't those are, are specifically for flood control that's right and and they just just happen to, to get lucky and and grow the biggest fish in the country <laughs> you know well, so, it's like i tell people you know you're in the most fertile soil in in the southeast united states for sure Mm-hmm. right there where they are and you know there's a reason they grow the same reason they grow big fish is the same reason they grow big deer in that yep. area uh and we can't do that in Alabama. i mean we can but it, it ain't the same because uh, we just don't mm-hmm. have the the fertile soil that they have but with that being said we got some phenomenal fisheries uh for crappie in alabama that's for sure and i know you're you're right in the middle of all that i know you go down to you follow some man you follow we have tony adams on here all the time and man that guy just fills the boat up every time he goes fishing but oh, yeah. uh, man i'm looking forward to hearing the the talapoosa and nakusa story and uh kind of kind of what you're catching and and how you catching them there well man you know the i've been on martin 
for the last month or so. It's just, you know, Martin's a, a Tallapoosa River Lake, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty much a clear water, crystal clear water lake when, you know, when we hadn't had any rain, but it's a, it's predominantly black crappie, black fish. You know, it's a num- what I call a numbers lake. Uh, lake Martin just, you're going to catch a lot of fish, uh, not, not a lot of big fish. I mean, just a lot of, you know, 10 to 13 inch eater fish. And, you know, every now and then you'll catch you a 14, 15 inch fish, but, you know, it's a clear water lake. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about in Mississippi, those are not clear water lakes. And, and I think from my experience, and, you know, I've been all around the country in the last six years tournament fishing too. In my experience, a clear water lake just doesn't grow as big a fish as a, a dirtier, muddy water lake. And, you know, the Coosa River is not as clean as the Tallapoosa, but, you know, the water's still clear there. And, uh, you know, so I think that's got a lot to do with, you know, the size fish too. But, but going back to Martin, you know, you can just, the last two months here, you know, we've averaged anywhere from 50 to 90 fish a trip, you know, depending on if it's one or, you know, if it's one or two people, sometimes three, you know, you keep 30 per person. So uh, if we, if I got two people, we try to catch 60. And if we got three, we, we, we try to catch 90. So the fish on Martin right now, just to, to give people an idea, um, I guess you call it seasonal pattern, but uh, up until about a month ago, those fish were still on brush mostly. And uh, now that that water's down in the low 50s, they've, they've pretty much moved off brush, and, and, and there's a lot of fish schooling there, you know, just kind of out in the some open bays or, or mouths of big pockets off the main river there. They they kind of school up and chase shad, and that's what's going on there now. Uh, we You know, I had a trip this morning. I had one guy this morning, and, and he and I, you know, kept 60 in about three hours, and that's what we did. You know, we're just kind of, you know, chasing roaming fish around right, right now on Lake Martin, but but that's kind of what's going on there now, and 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 those fish will stay scooped up, and until and really until they go into spawn, they'll they'll kind of go into spawn in those same schools that they're in now. You know, that's that's kind of what's going on. And you've been doing this for a long time, and so you've seen the change in in what the electronics yep. has meant, especially. I, I mean, is it maybe more importantly to crappie fishing than bass fishing, or at least? for sure as important but is is that how you're are you using like forward facing sonar is that how you're locating these schooling fish in the open water well i mean that's uh that's how we're catching them and and i'm locating them with, with, with a side scan um I, and i'll still use hummingbird side scan um and i'll go through where i think those fish may be and, and once i start seeing some schools then we go up and 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 you know catch them with forward facing sonar i just kind of ease around and we cast into those schools and that's kind of what i'm known for i'm i'm i cast jigs we, you know we, we use a little six foot rod and we cast a 16th or eighth ounce jig into those schools and and try to catch those fish but prior to forward facing sonar you know there was a hummingbird 360 and uh you know i was doing the same thing 10 years ago with a hummingbird 360 and and there's not many people around here that 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 you know, we're doing that back then, right? but I would find those fish on the side scan and I would put my 360 down and I'd just kind of ease through there. And when I saw a school, I'd get it to 30 feet and I'd cast to it. You know, the only difference in the, the 360 and the, and the forward facing sonar is, you know, you, you couldn't tell how deep they were on, on the 360 and, uh, it wasn't live, you know, it was, it was, you know, right. you had a pause in there from where it was reading, but you can still do the same thing with a 360 that we're doing now with forward-facing sonar. 
it's just much easier now. I mean, and I, you know, I've, I've said that a hundred times, you know, a guy like me or, or you, or, you know, uh, the little bit older generation that actually learned how to truly fish back in the day. I mean, you know, unless you move along with the, the, the tides now and, and, and get with these electronics, I mean, you know, we're going to be left behind. Ain't no doubt. You know, so I kind of, I kind of figured that out when, like I said, I've been guiding for, you know, nine years now. And luckily I kind of saw the light when, when Garmin came out with their first pan optics. And, you know, I was like, man, if, you know, when I, when I got to use one, I said, man, you know, if, if, if people get a hold of this, I mean, it's, it's a vital tool, you know, and, and especially if the tournament, you know, scene gets a hold of it, but you talking about bass fishing and crappie fishing, crappie fishermen have been using this thing for almost five years. And, you know, bass is just now, I mean, they were late to the party, really. I mean, and some of those bass guys still still aren't using it. But uh, at the end of the day, I've seen, I use it every day now, but, uh, you know, I've seen what it can do, you know, and, and I can I can tell those guys in the bass world firsthand, if they don't get it and learn how to use it, they're going to be left behind. Yeah, they're going to be left behind. That's right. You you have to, uh, to compete. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't compete with those guys who are, are, are really good with it. You know, it's just hard to compete against them. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's, it's come a long way. I mean, I, you know, I remember, you know, me and my dad going out and, and he had the old flasher. Uh, I remember a paper map way back when, but he had uh, the, the one I remember the most is the, the flasher and the dash and you know I, i'll never forget he could run over a brush pile and put a buoy right on top of it with that old flasher those were the real fishermen my my dad and and all those older guys were the real fishermen you know and and uh you know i'm i feel very i feel very fortunate that i've been fishing so long and fishing with him and if that forward-facing sonar if it were to, to break on me tomorrow i don't have to go back to the bank i can make an adjustment and 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 put these folks on fish the, the old-fashioned way, too, you know, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah, but, just uh, like my, my dad, he, he he's in North Louisiana and, and been crappie fishing his whole life and, and, and really good at it, but he's out old school, you know, and, and uh, I finally talked him into just a couple, about a month ago, right there before Christmas, I, I guess, we finally talked him into getting him uh, side imaging and down imaging because he didn't have any of that. And uh, he yeah. had gone. But but, you know, I mean, he's he's 82 years old and, and uh, it can get it can be a little overwhelming, overwhelming if you're not used to that. And, and right. it's and it's new and and uh, having confidence in it. So he's still going through the uh, learning curve on that. But I know he'll get it. But but he you know, he saw all these other fishermen around him. Uh, where he used to be the one catching the fish, everybody was watching. Now, all of a sudden, he's watching everybody else catch the fish. That's right. And, and you know, it, it's like I said before, you know, you can, can hate the game, but you can't hate the player. And, you know, these, these guys are getting good with that stuff. And, and uh, you know, some of these guys like my dad and, 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 and your dad, and, you know, those guys just enjoy fishing. They enjoy throwing by that stump where that fish might be. You know, right. he, he might be there. You know, and 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 that and that's changed. I mean, now you can you can look over at that stump, and if he ain't there, you go to the next one. You go to the next but, one. But uh, you know, it's not. I mean, it's not a. And and you know, I'm not down in forward facing sonar by any means because I use it. But uh, but you know, things have changed, and and uh, and and like I said, you know, we got to change with them. But but no, it's it's not a bad thing. It's you know, forward facing sonar has 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 really grown. To be honest with you, it's definitely grown 
crappy fishing, and and I think it's really going to grow bass fishing. Uh, you know, if, if that's possible. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Hilton's Real Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. And brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species. Select the dates you'd like to go message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook, and they can help you find your dream hunt. Auburn University is actually about to, from what I understand, that the next big study that they're going to be doing is how forward-facing sonar is affecting crappie fishing. You, you know, fish used to could... I guess for lack of better words, they used to get hide. And, you know, unless you really knew what you were doing and, and you know, uh, you, you might not get on them. And, and, but now there's, there's no hiding anymore. Do you see this becoming a problem for the population? I mean, because bass fishing is, is different. Most bass fishermen throw the fish back. Crappie fishermen fix to go clean them and put them in the frying pan. That's right. And, you know, and, and on, the, on the tournament side of crappie fishing, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, when we're pre-fishing for a tournament, I mean, we don't keep fish. I mean, they may keep a few to just to cook one night or something. But, you know, that's the way that, that we're kind of trying to sway it is, hey, you know, look at these bass guys. I mean, they don't they don't keep these fish. They catch a big bass, they let it go. You know, take a picture and let it go. And that's kind of what we're trying to, you know, sway the crappy, you know, side of, of the industry to do. Is you know you can catch them, yeah. I mean, they're crappy or numerous, but uh, you know if you catch a big one, let's try to let it go. You know, but but anyway, I, I do see it being a problem in the future, and you know, not not necessarily on a lake like Lake Martin is forty four thousand acres, right? You know, there's just so many fish in that lake. I, I don't think you can hurt a lake like that. But on the other side of that, there's a lot of small lakes. You know, I just took a trip last week to Louisiana, Texas, and Arkansas. And, you know, some of those smaller lakes we fish over there, they're just really small. And if you put 30 boats in there with a live sonar, and, I mean, eventually you're going to hurt the population. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I I see it being a problem. But, you know, I don't think the Department of Wildlife has the, you know, the the means or or the the manpower to kind of put a limit on each separate lake. And and I think that's going to be the issue is, you know, in Alabama, if they do their study, you know, they do their studies on Lake Martin. Well, what about this other little private lake over here that's only two thousand acres? 
Yeah. You know, they can't just, you know, it's pretty much a statewide thing in Alabama. They just say 30 fish over nine inches. Yeah, that's right. And that little 2,000 acre, you know, lake over here, it's going to get beat up. And I mean, it's not going to be protected, in other words, you know, and, 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 uh, but, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I do see it being a problem in the future. And, and we've seen, you know, I, myself with my own eyes that this year in Grenada, Mississippi, the average size fish this past summer was was a lot smaller than than we've caught the last three years there, and and huh. and, and I think it's I think it's because of forward facing sonar. I, I really think uh, that that you know people are going out now, and there's not a and don't get me wrong, there's not a shortage of fish there by any means, but there's a shortage of bigger fish. Of bigger fish, and that's because. Yeah, that's because, I mean, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. The guy that used to not even be able to catch a fish, he's able to go out there now, and he can bypass those small ones and just go find him a big one. Yeah. You know, so so a lot of those bigger fish are, are being targeted now that were never targeted. And, you know, a prime example of that, when you pull up to a standing timber, okay, I'm looking at a standing timber, and there's four fish on it. Well, almost always, if there's a big fish on that tree, he kind of eases off before you get there. Well, back when you used to fish and not know that, you never knew about that. He he went on about his business. You didn't catch him. Well, now when you see him ease off her, guess where you going to go? You just follow You're him. You're going to go over and put a jig in front of that fish. So the, a lot of those fish that, that never were messed with or never were caught and were smart enough to do that, they're getting caught now. Yeah, you know, and the the other thing too is is that I think you're going to see more people start crappie fishing than than probably, and I think there probably already is more people that's fished crappie no, fished in, no in a long time, because with the forward facing sonar and the electrics we have, electronics we have now, you can catch fish, and where before you might struggle, you might get disappointed or you know or i ain't going back this year you know because i didn't catch anything or i didn't catch but two little ones or something like that but yeah but now these people are going out and they're having you know they're having good days on the lake yeah and that and it helps you're right i mean it does and you know at the end of the day you know and i, I tell people this every day we you know we'll see 15 fish and we catch four and i you know i, I sit there and tell them look that forward facing sonar helps you give that fish an opportunity to bite, it won't make him bite. Yeah. I mean, it won't. But, you know, in the past, you didn't know if your bait was in front of him or not. Now you can put it on his nose. So, That's yeah, right. you, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, there's people who, you know, have, have never really been able to catch fish that these electronics have, have, have made fishing fun for them, and, and, and they, they enjoy going again now, you know. That's right. So, hey, and and that's a big part of it is just in enjoying going and, and catching fish. You get excited about it and you want to go more. You know, I was up in uh, me and my son were up in uh, uh, up in Kentucky this past weekend deer hunting. And uh, Eric, I just about got where I'd quit deer hunting or being excited about deer hunting in Alabama, just because you don't see anything till five minutes before dark or ten minutes before dark, <laughs> and usually just a couple does and maybe a six. Man, you go up there to the Midwest. And literally, I mean, at one thirty in the afternoon, you seeing deer from then till dark and 20, mm-hmm. 30 deer and, and half of them are bucks. And it just gets you when you, when you, <laughs> when you have that action, you get excited and you want to go more. Right. And it's the same yeah, way with the fishing. Well, so what kind of, when you're, what kind of jig are you throwing? I mean, you're, you're casting to these fish, right? Yeah, and that, and like I said, that's kind of what I'm. You know, if if anybody knows me in the, in the crappy world, that's kind of what I'm known for. I won a, a na- I won a national championship in 2020, 
And nice. I, I want to That's kind of all I've ever done is uh is cast it. I mean that's that's how how I grew up with daddy fishing, and uh you know that's still what I like to do today, and that's still what I do on all my guide trips. So uh you know we we cast a a little six foot rod. I use six pound high vis fluorocarbon line, and and like I said, we use a usually a, it depends on how deep the fish are, but usually a a sixteenth or, or an eighth ounce jig, but man, I I use a little minnow head jig. Any minnow, it, it doesn't matter the the jig. I use some Grenada Lake Tackle Company heads usually, and the jig can be any jig. It doesn't have to be a certain jig, but I, I do use a short jig uh, when I'm fishing for blackfish here. I use about a a, a one seventy five inch and inch and three quarters bait to a two inch bait. So I use a small bait here for these blackfish, but. You know, then we get to Grenada, and you know we use a three, a three inch bait. Yeah. So you know it it kind of it kind of changes. But I guess if you ask me right now, we I use pretty much a a sixteenth to an eighth ounce jig with a with a inch and three quarter to a two inch bait. And you know on Lake Martin and these clear water lakes around here, it's hard to beat a shad color. I mean, when I when I say a shad color, pretty much anything natural with a gray black or or you know, kind of everybody uses what they call a monkey milk. <laughs> That's a, a shad color bait with kind of some pepper in it. But but yeah, any shad color bait works in these clear water lakes around here really really well. Now, do you throw one with a spinner on it, or just a straight jig? Just a straight jig. I, I don't I don't I don't use a spinner, and you know, a lot of people use curly tail. I don't use curly tails. I just use a basically what they call a, a baby shad, which is just a, a, a small little minnow, minnow type looking bait. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. you know, that's what they feed on most of the time is shad and minnows. So that's kind of what I try to mimic, you know, with my bait. Yeah. Well, let's move over to Jordan real quick. Cause I know you fish Jordan and Mitchell a lot as well. We had a young man on before you, we was talking about bass fish. He just won a tournament last weekend, a high school tournament on, hmm. on Jordan. And, and like I was telling him, we don't get a lot of reports from Jordan, whether it's bass or crappie. We, you know, it's, it's easy to get the Lay Lake and the Tennessee River yeah. and Eufaula and, and Martin, but we don't get a lot of reports from, from Jordan. And I know it's, it's kind of one of those that's not talked about maybe as, as much as it should be. And uh as being a, a really good lake but how how do you compare it crappie wise i've said this time and time again lake jordan when it's right it's probably one of the top five blackfish lakes in the country there's some giant crappie that live on lake jordan over the over the years i've kind of jordan's uh, it's not an easy lake to fish it's, it's a hard lake to figure out and you know over the years i've, I've kind of figured that you know, what makes a difference on Lake Jordan as far as fish coming up, elevating, and, and biting is, is really water flow. You know, if, if that water's been dead, stagnant over there, and they had not run any water, then that place can be tough. I mean, it can send you home, and me. I mean, I you know, send me home, you know, whining. But, yeah, it depends a, a lot on water flow there. But, I mean, man, you know, two years ago is the last time that Crappy Masters uh, National Truck came here. You know, just to give you an idea of what kind of weight it takes over there, uh, Wade McDonald and I got lucky and were fortunate enough to win the Crappy Masters tournament here. You could fish the Alabama River or Lake Jordan in that tournament. You could fish either one. And uh, I think we, we, we set, you know, we, we weigh in seven fish uh, in the Crappy tournament. They weigh in five in the Bass tournament. We weigh in seven. On, in that tournament there, uh, we fish, we chose to fish Lake Jordan. 
we weighed in 1638 on day one and 1658 on day two. So that, that's a 239 average. Good gracious. It gives you an idea of the, the size fisher in Lake Jordan. But I actually ran a guide trip on Jordan two days ago. And we had a pretty good trip. And I think those guys had, uh, we released six fish over two pounds two days ago over there. We had, they had six fish over two pounds and they actually let them go because we, we had been to Martin the day before and caught a lot of eater fish. But, but yeah, Lake, Lake Jordan's a, a really good lake. And like I said, it, it can be a tough lake. And, and that's, that's probably, you know, a big reason why you don't hear as much about it because, you know, some some people go over there and, and and get that tail handed to them a little bit, you know, and and, and don't you know don't go back. But uh, it, it's feast or famine. I mean, you can go over there one day and have the best day of your life, and you know, go back the next day and catch five. So you know, like I said, it I think it has a lot to do with water flow over there as far as the bite. But as far as numbers and size go, I mean, Lake Jordan's hard to beat. No no doubt about it. Yeah, and it's just like the you know same way with the bass fishing on Jordan, and I think the whole coast is that way. If the water's if they're not running that water, the fishing's dead. It, it doesn't matter if it's yeah. crappie or bass; it's dead. And it doesn't mean that you can't yeah. pick up a few and have a you know still have a good day, but it, it makes it way 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 tougher. As soon as they start running that water, it's like the dinner bell for those fish on those lakes. Yeah, like a, like the the feed starts. But you know Jordan, the last you know the last two years really has gone through a cycle where there's a lot of i think i was talking to you earlier about this before we started the podcast but jordan's in kind of a a number cycle the last two years and you know lake mitchell you've always been able to catch smaller fish and big fish on lake mitchell but jordan's kind of you know in that cycle right now too and you know i used to feel bad about guiding on jordan because you know we really you really didn't catch a fish under a pound and a half over there i mean everything was big you know for the last really the last 10 years and you know, I actually set a limit there. I felt bad because when we go there, you know, we try to catch 60. And, you know, I pretty much set a limit on Jordan at 40 because, you know, I got to feeling bad about taking 60. Taking so many big fish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. And, and, and for, you know, for, for three years there, the, the limit on Jordan was 40. And, you know, you could catch 60 if we went to Martin. And, uh, but, but, you know, the last two years, Jordan's a, a lot of 10 to 13 inch fish have shown up. And I, I mean, I don't think it's got anything to do with, the big fish are still there too. I just think they had a couple really good, you know, hatch years, and uh, and and there's a lot of a lot of two year old fish in there right now. So you know, I think I think that's I think a two to three year old fish is a nine inch fish in Alabama. Yeah, I think, I, I, uh, yeah. a lot of two on the coos on the Coosa chain. I think a, a two year old fish is two and a half is touching nine inches. I, I think that's that's just my opinion now that's not a fact but I, I think that's about right that goes right along with what the study the guy from the state was telling me so i think you're i think you're dead on yeah but jordan's a great lake like you said all those coastal river like lay logan martin neely henry i mean they're all good man i mean we, we we're very fortunate to to live where we live and and have all these these good lakes around us and you know we, we've got man Within an hour and a half, I don't care if you live in Birmingham or you live here in, in you know, Tallahassee, Alabama, like I do, you know, within an hour and a half, you can beat a seven, eight different bodies of water, big bodies of water. Big bodies of water. You know, that's right. We, we got plenty of water around here to fish. That's, you know, and we're, we're very fortunate because there's a lot of places that, you know, that don't. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Well, it sounds like it's a good time of the year right now. 
and, and, and it'll probably remain that way through, you know, obviously the, the fish will start changing and like right now they're, they're you know, like you're saying, they're, they're suspended and, and chasing shad, but you know, they'll, they'll start moving up there a little shallower before long, I'm sure. Yeah, they, they will. And, you know, we talked about forward facing sonar earlier. I always thought in my mind that, uh, those fish would come out of the, out of the channels and, and pockets and, you know, being in those schools, I thought they went up and then they staged on brush and stuff, and then they went and spawned. But with forward facing sonar about four years ago, I was on Lake Jordan actually, and uh, I was chasing a school of fish around a big school, about a hundred actually, a big, big mega school. And uh, I follow, I kept following those fish, and I was catching a few here and there. And I watched that school of fish go into a grass bed, and uh, you oh. know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what, what in the world? And those those males were already in there, and the school of fish I was catching were pretty much all females. I followed those that school of fish into that grass bed, and they stayed in there. They they went. They I saw just got lucky and saw the school of fish going in there to spawn. And I put a little slip cork on about a foot and a half deep, and I was pitching up in that grass. And boy, I sat there for an hour and just had a ball. But until that point, without forward facing sonar, I would have never known that. Uh, I, I'd have never. And and I always wondered. How does so many, if you find a bank where these crappie are, are spawning, how do so many of them come to the same place to spawn? And then it kind of hit me, you know, I'm like, well, that's why. They came because together. All these fish, they, they all come in there together. It ain't like they just funnel in two by two. They all, those big schools, those males go up in there and start doing their thing. And then that big old school of females that's been out there since, you know, January, when that water gets right, here they come. That's why when you find them, you really find them because there was a lot of them that went together. And, it, you know, if you, if you think about that, it makes a lot of sense, you know. But, but you know, without forward-facing sonar, I've You'd never have known. never known. No. That's one thing, too, that, you know, these bass guys, I'm sure, you know, Dustin Connell's a, a, a hell of a bass fisherman around here. He's from right down the road. You know, he's from Hopeville, Alabama, or Slap Out over here. 30 minutes from me, but Dustin's won two or three big ones here in the last two years, I think. And, you know, Dustin has has figured that forward-facing sonar out. And, uh, you know, and and I'm sure he's learned a a lot about bass on it, you know, with that jerk bait and all that stuff. But, you know, I've learned myself, you know, a lot of stuff that that I used to believe I've proven totally wrong. You know, and and that's what forward-facing sonar does, too. It teaches us a lot. Uh, if you'll just pay attention <laughs> to to what those fish are doing, it, you'll learn a lot. And I've learned a, a heck of a lot in the in the four years that I've had it. You know, just just watching those fish and you know what I a lot of the stuff that I thought is true. I mean, I had a lot of it figured out before, but uh, you know, on the other hand, a lot of it's not. I mean, I, you know, I sit there and think that a fish did this when when he didn't. You know, and a quick example. When I pull up to a brush pile, if we're fishing brush, we'd always throw in there and, you know, catch 10 fish. And, like, man, they, they 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 quit biting. They're gone. And uh, now, now with forward-facing sonar, you catch what's biting, and then the rest of them just sink down in the brush and stop biting. So, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, just little it's, stuff It's like amazing, that. isn't it? That's amazing. It is. It yeah, is. that's really cool. Well, hey, let me ask you this, and this is just on a, for, for me personally and other people, I guess, that, that have kayaks that like to fish. I'm thinking of Lay Lake, particularly right now, but there's a few creeks that I go up in, you know, bass fishing. And I always see, I mean, there's tons, these, these creeks go way back. I mean, you know, they go for miles back, some of them. 
and there's just tons of lay downs, you know, treetops all in the water. And I'm just riding, I'm, I'm bass fishing, but I'm looking at it going, man, there's got to be good crappie fishing in here. When you're on a big body of water like that, you know, in these creeks that go way back, is the crappie fishing, I mean, is it's different than main lake fishing, I know. But is there a time when, when that's something that you would target? Yeah, I mean, there is. I mean, the, the, you know, of course, the, the water in those creeks is going to stay warmer just because, I mean, it's going to get shallow at some point in the back of that creek and it's flowing into the lake, you know. So, you know, that water warms up quicker in, in the spring. You know, really, honestly, it, stay, it stays warmer in, in the winter in the back of some of those creeks and, and just because on those sunny days you know that sun's hitting that shallower water and it warms it up quicker and then sure. it flows into the, the creek but but yeah and i'll use lake martin for instance and it's the same on those other lakes too but in the in the winter months you know i fish i fish the creeks a lot and up into the spawn and then after the spawn most of you know all of my stuff on the main lake turns on really after the spawn so you know, I, I pretty much fish a lot of creeks and stuff until all through the winter until the spawn. And then when those fish come off the spawn, you know, you'll go through a, we call it the, <laughs> we call it the, the post-spawn funk. And when those, when those fish every year, and like I said, I'm, I'm speaking of Lake Martin, but every year, you know, the first April to, to around the 12th of April, you're going to, those fish are going to go in that funk, you know, and it's pretty much just because they've gone in and spawned and, and they're kind of sickly from the spawn, and uh, it takes them a couple of weeks to get over that. But you know, when, when they get over that, that's probably the best body of the year because they're trying to feed back up and get healthy. Right. And, uh, but yeah, after after they spawn, you know, most of your main river stuff's gonna be good in in April and May and into the into the summer. But yeah, up until up until really April, I would say November through March, the creeks are really good. And if you got any depth of water toward the back of those creeks, you know, those fish are comfortable back there because the water temperature is a little bit warmer. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you, you got to have a little bit of depth, especially if it's a black crappie. Those black crappie are not going to go and get in four foot of water here in Alabama. Uh, you know, white crappie will, but those blacks are going to kind of stay in a, a little bit. Uh, they're going to have to have, you know, 12 foot of water or so to, uh, to be comfortable in. Yeah, no, that's good stuff, man. That's that's great insight. Well, man, I, I know I, I told you when we started recording, we'd record for 10 or 15 minutes, and I think we've kind of blown that out of the water. So I, I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time, but got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Oh, man, I, I enjoy talking fishing. And like I said, I, I, I appreciate you having me out. I, I always enjoy talking fishing. That's that's uh, my my. My wife gets on to me because she says I can't remember anything she tells me, but I can remember <laughs> where I caught a fish at 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, we all get to that. Well, hey, look, one thing I always like to do is get a tip of the day. So if somebody was going to come to the Coos or Tallapoosa and, and go crappie fishing this weekend, uh, man, what would your what would your tip of the day be? Uh, you know, if you're going to come to either one, I mean, I, we've kind of covered it during the podcast there, but... I guess my tip of the day would be, you know, find you a main a main river, a big pocket off the main river, or uh, you know, the mouth of some of these creeks, some of these feeder creeks coming into the main lake, and you know, turn turn that side stand on and go until you see a little school of crappie. And uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to catch them. If if you don't have forward facing sonar, you know, you can long line troll through through those fish and catch them just as good. But uh, that, you know, I guess. You know, get in those big pocket mouths and those creek mouths, and, and those crappy will be scooted up there somewhere. You know, you just got to spend time to find them. 
I need to come get in the boat with you. You need to teach me how to do you you need to teach me what to look for on some of these things. We can we can do it. Absolutely, man. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to meet up with you for for sure. I want I need to be educated. Uh, a lot you can <laughs> teach me, that's for sure. But hey, if you know, speaking of that, if if somebody wants to come come fishing with you and book a trip with you, and and man, and and, and obviously sounds like catch a catch a pile of fish, but but learn a heck of a lot at the same time. Eric, what's the best way for for people to reach you? Man, you know, I've, I've got a I do most of my stuff on Facebook. I've got a uh, I, and I do most of it now person on my personal page. Uh, it's it's hard. It was hard for me to keep up with two pages i've got a cnm guy service page but i post every trip on my personal page it's eric cagle e-r-i-c-c-a-g-l-e it's just my personal page and uh they can see pictures of of every trip i run i mean i post every day on there um or they can give me a call my cell phone number is 334-558-4097 and uh and and we can get them hooked up man we'll go Go catch some fish and have a good time. Awesome, man. Eric, I appreciate it, man. It was awesome having you on. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to for you being on a whole lot more. So, awesome segment. And, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Great stuff. Hey, man. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right. See you. All right, guys. Let's take a couple minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by the Alabama Fishing Show. The all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama at the venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive, March the 10th through the 12th. The only true fishing show in Alabama, featuring all things fresh and salt water. If you fish, don't miss the latest fishing gear, equipment, apparel, custom tackle, lures, rods and reels, and electronics, and guides. March the 10th through the 12th, $10 for adults, $8 for kids, 5 and under are free, Tickets are available online or at the door. Free parking. Learn more at alabamafishingshow.com. We hope to see you there. Also brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, what an awesome show we had today. Man, two new guys on here, and, and both of them did a, a great job. I, I, like I said earlier, I love having these young guys on, give them a chance to talk, talk about what they're doing, their successes, and, and we can honestly, we can learn a lot from them. Uh, these guys are really good at what they do. They know their electronics. They they study this stuff, and, and, and they're really good. Uh, so appreciate uh, Andrew Jones being on here, and then Eric Cagle, man, what a what an awesome guest he was. I mean, I, I I can't believe it took us this long to get him on, but it won't take that long to get him back on. I don't think that's for sure. He did a phenomenal job. Obviously, this guy knows what he's doing and is a just a wealth of information and knowledge. So, 
uh, pick up the phone, book a trip with him. Uh, I know I'm going to. So that's going to be a wrap for this week's show, guys. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do it each and every week. All you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we'll email it to you each and every week. Stay safe out there, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by United Bank. United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. United Bank is building stronger communities every day. Learn more at unitedbank.com. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And by northalabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you're experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land the big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona. Check them out on sepond.com. And by Killer Doc. Killer Doc combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDoc.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And Votonis Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, masters of darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And by 